Hello and welcome to the Off-Field Rugby Pod. I'm your host Brian Moylet. I'm a former Irish age grade international player, now playing in Vancouver and coaching collegiate rugby. Each week I chat with somebody involved at the top end of the game to hear about their journey, get their insights and learn about how they do what they do. On Instagram, I'm the Off-Field Rugby Coach. That's at Off-Field Rugby. Please follow me there. I share content around mental skills and performance and also clips from the pod. Please subscribe to the pod wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. And in the review, let me know what you like about the podcast. Would love to hear your thoughts. Lastly, please share the pod with some friends. Those different things help people find the pod and are really, really appreciated. Today's pod is with Andy Lockwood, who is also the person I was chatting to in the previous episode. I decided to put this out as a separate pod as here we are chatting about rugby vacancies. Rugby vacancies is the best place I know to find jobs in rugby online. And Andy is the man behind it. Definitely give it a follow. He posts some really cool jobs and it's on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So a quick mention from our sponsor and then it's episode number 28 with Andy Lockwood. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you and so that you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. Talk to me about rugby vacancies. Yeah, so that was something I started up a couple of years ago. Um, I through my work in the army, I found myself at um, Bath Academy and I was doing a, a part-time internship in the academy and that all, that all finished, that wrapped up and I found myself with no involvement in rugby for the first time in about 30 years, which was a really strange feeling to go mm. from either playing or, or coaching or being involved somehow to nothing overnight. Mm. I got an email saying, we're wrapping up, we're wrapping up the, the programme and that was it. And I started looking around for things and I thought, okay, this is a really interesting role, but it's nowhere near me. I couldn't do that. But I, but I knew someone that might live there. So I'd say, oh, text or email a mate saying, hey, look, this is near you. Have a look. And after a few of these, I just thought, oh, you know what? Wouldn't it be much better if it was all in one place and then people could come and look at it? And that was the genesis. That was the, the idea um, behind Rugby Vacancies. And that, that, is, that is essentially what I do, is, is I provide a... a portal for people to come and have a look for rugby related jobs from anywhere around the world so you could be living in you could be living in Christchurch New Zealand you could be living in New York you could be living in Edinburgh you know it's it's one place to come and look for all jobs so coaching playing all the kind of off-field roles as well from S&C analyst management ticketing social media whatever any role that's involved with rugby um i put on there and it's sort of a one-stop shop for people to come and have a look at that's brilliant uh, so you've been doing it a few years haven't you yes yeah, so 2017 is when it started so okay. um and it would have been 
about June, yeah, June time, I think it was, I started, yeah. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. I love scrolling through, like you say, uh, like, oh, this role is here in Samoa. <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love finding the ones that are in, in the places like, that are unusual for me um, and really interesting ones because uh, I think, okay, hopefully someone will apply for this and hopefully it's someone's dream job. And if, if they get it and it becomes their dream job and it's what, and it's what they've always wanted, that's great. And then that just, that just helps people. And it helps people, I think, is, is, the, is the reason I started it um, and the reason I continue to do it. Yeah, it's brilliant. And so do you just scroll through, like, how do you find them? So two ways. Um, I've been doing it for a while now, so I know where to look. That's one, that's one way of doing it. Um, and the other is people, people send me stuff as well. So teams will reach out and say, hey, Andy, we got yep. this role. Will you throw it up? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, I could be wrong, but did you share something around the WWE and they were looking to get rugby players? Yeah. So I haven't done it recently, but about, it must have been about two years ago now, last time we did it. Um, so the WWE, they're quite open about it now, but previously they were quite closed about the fact they were looking for crossover athletes. American footballers from college are the classic. The Rock, mm. I think Stone Cold Steve Austin played college football. There's a few, there's a lot. Okay. But they were actually looking at branching out and looking at crossover athletes from elsewhere. And rugby was one of them. So a previous head of, I think it was head of athlete development, he doesn't work for them anymore. He's moved on. Um, him and I connected and he said, if you know any rugby players that are current or ex-pros who might like to have a look, you know, we will, we will give them all, we'll give them a tryout and we'll go from there. I put, I've put three or four people through. Um, weirdly, all of them have been Australian. I don't know what it is about Australians wanting to get into, into wrestling, <laughs> but yeah. they've been Australian. Two, three got taken through to tryouts, um, but didn't make it any further. Um, but they are, they are actively looking for people who have had professional or semi-professional experience to make that crossover. And rugby is a really interesting one because everyone, everyone thinks... There's, there's no crossover, there's no connection. Well, there is, the massive connection. So generally professional rugby players or those who are in the kind of elite level are generally athletic, generally quite large and muscular, which is what the WWE are looking for. They're used to throwing themselves around on a rugby pitch, mm. which translates to throwing yourself around in a ring, other than the kind of the actual specifics of how you move and, and throw and roll and jump and stuff. Actually, they're quite used, to, rugby players are quite used to taking a bit of contact Mm. And um, and you can see from from the WWE actually sometimes there's a bit of blood. Sometimes there is actually some yeah. uh, some genuine contact. And rugby players are quite you know quite used to that, which is why why they make quite good crossover athletes. Yeah, were the big Polynesian boys the Australians? Uh, one of them was. Yeah, one of them was. The others were were, were just you know normal Australians. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And do you get an agency fee or anything like with? working with them uh yeah so there was if they made it to the tryouts um there would be a fee for that that i'd get as, as a recruiter and there's a, there's a there's a massive network of people across loads of different sports all around the world who do this for wwe um it's quite big in mexico so wrestling is quite it is a big sport yeah. in mexico big big um uh loads of viewers loads of tv loads of viewers not just just the sort of top level but all the way through local wrestling and so actually Funnily enough, Mexico has quite quite a big pathway and funnel, but they're also looking at all over the place. Um, college sport in the US is a big draw, um, but they were also looking um, at places um, and sports in the Middle East. 
um, and also and then and rugby was an interesting one because it rugby's only been professional since ninety five, mm. um, and so there was a there's actually quite a small number of players who end up being professional, like really small. Um, in England, I think it's about one percent of registered players. In South Africa, it's like zero point two or zero point three percent. I'm not sure what it is in the rest of the UK and Ireland, but if you if you don't quite make it, there are other other avenues for you to go and be a professional sportsman, and one of them happened to be WWE. Yeah, hundred percent. And for, are there any other ones? Or what? Like, what would another one be besides WWE? Uh, so there is. So in terms of in terms of a role, I think if someone has experience of of playing at a high level, they can translate that into. And you'll you'll often see sometimes people get that kind of coaching gig because they've been a professional. But actually, there, there's so much more. I think that ex professionals can can give, and that's. That's across. That's not just across sport. That's across all kinds of areas in terms of perhaps um, management, team uh, development. Yeah. Um, I've seen ex players go into recruiting or, yeah. or financial services. Um, I know. I know one that's become a barber. <laughs> I'm not quite sure where the crossover. Maybe in the changing room, someone needed a haircut. He could, you know, off, whip it off and away you go. Um, but actually, it, it's almost like the military in that professional sport makes you good at being a professional sportsman in the military being in the army makes you good at being in the army but actually it, if you step outside of that area the crossover of the skills you've developed over time you can almost apply it to a whole number of areas and that's where i think professional players when they look at their own development um and even guys who are coming to the end of their time or perhaps guys who've, who've been injured and now and now the girls as well. So you've got fully contracted women's players as well. And this will start coming up when, when, the, when the women start coming towards the end of their career or, or, or are injured. The earlier you start doing it, the better that transition is, the easier that transition becomes. And I think that players looking at it when they're in the academy area and when they're in the academy period means that they can, if that injury happens or that contract doesn't get renewed, it's not a surprise. It's not a shock. They've got that plan B already. Yeah, and I think I think they've got that down now. Like academies, young players, I think they understand that. Whereas maybe 10, 15 years ago wasn't the case. Yes, and there's certainly I know that some clubs have got people who are who are looking at that. So I know Harlequins have definitely got a personal development manager. Um, the Rugby Players Association um, in England have got. Of development managers, New Zealand rugby have got them in every in every all of the professional franchises. I think Australia have. I think the um, Players Association Ireland have got embedded people as well. But yeah. the point is, I think actually it's but for someone who's coming out of a, of one area to move into another career-wise, actually the earlier you start looking at it, the better. For sure, Andy. Thanks, Mel, for your time. Uh, tell me and let people know where. They can find you on social media and sure. different platforms. So Rugby Vacancies is available um, at Rugby Vacancies, and that's all across uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 